The Theonauts, episode 82. The one where we gaze at the stars yet again. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theo stargazers out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the Theo Nods. How's our levels looking? Hey, they look pretty good to me. Yeah, you didn't overmodulate that. No, I, I, I'm, I keep holding myself back in my chair, though. <laughs> I don't want to get too close to the microphone. So. Yeah. So we're trying to improve our sound. <laughs> yeah. Our. But we, you our know, audio quality. We've been we've been saying this for what. <laughs> Almost two, two, years two years now. Can you believe like, that? We don't know what we're doing. We need to have. We a... should know a little bit about what we're doing. <laughs> right. We still have no by problem. now, but <laughs> well, it takes some people longer, David. Yeah. <laughs> some of us are slower than others. That's I right. Guess. Can Slow you believe learners. we've almost been doing this? For two and years. you know what's frustrating is I'm an engineer. <laughs> You're so just not a sound like, engineer. Well, that's true. <laughs> but thankfully. Michael Hansen is. That's right. He came to my rescue this week and gave me some tips. That's awesome. So that's, thank you, Mr. Hansen. So you yeah, are a lifesaver. Let's um, let's let's keep an eye on how the sound goes this go around. Definitely. Um, it'll be trial and error with this video, right? Because I can't I can't hear pre sound into that video. What's going camera. into it? Right. We'll only know whenever we're through. Right. <laughs> And if you watch so, the video, we still have next week. That's right. I'll just turn the, <laughs> the levels down. But yes, go. thanks to uh, Michael for giving me some tips and and, and whatnot and uh, telling me where I need to be on this here microphone. <laughs> How are those guys over there at Finding Christ in Cinema? Oh, just... They seem to be yeah, doing well. Good, yeah. yeah. Have you have you tuned in lately? Uh, I haven't, but just because I've been so... Busy. Yeah, I've been really busy anything. too. I've, I've actually been trying to, you know, when I can, jump into their live feed and oh, yeah. harass them <laughs> while they're recording live. That's you know, they're always kind of funny sure. about that. But I wish I could do that, but I'm, you know, I'm at school, so yeah, I could do that. You have your headphones kids. on while you're trying to teach <laughs> right. everybody and be like typing. And, hey, here's Beowulf, kids. Hey, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, anyways, so. How's uh, how's your week going? It's going pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I was telling you like before we started recording that uh, I just finished this awesome book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Called Doctor Sleep by Stephen King. Doctor Sleep, and uh, it's I was about sleeping in doctors. <laughs> <laughs> I was very impressed with this. It. Really good. Um, the the um, if now. I don't know if I, you know, being a geek or whatever. I mean, I want to recommend this book, but then again, it's got some. If it'll hit your Christian sensitivities <laughs> in places, um, you better put on your yeah. Remember, put on your uh, what is filters? It? Filters, yes. yeah. Don't be, don't be a sponge. Be a filter, right? Uh, as we get from the Finding Christ in Cinema guys, exactly. Um, it, it definitely requires that. It's got some salty language in it, mm-hmm. um, but. The story itself 
is a story of redemption. It's really pretty cool. Uh, it's 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 a sequel to The Shining, um, not the movie, the right. book. Right. <laughs> so it and it and it definitely, if you haven't read the book, you could be a little bit lost in it. Uh, but the thing that I really like about it is the little boy from The Shining is now an adult, a middle aged man who right. is struggling with alcoholism, um, and it's really about his recovery from right. alcoholism, which mirrors kind of Stephen King's life too, because he was an alcoholic and went through this. And so he's kind of getting to tell his journey through this fictional character who has supernatural abilities. But the, the story is really cool because he ends up having to be altruistic and help people and think of others over himself in yeah. order to, uh, to accomplish the goals of, of the storyline. Sure. And, and so, I mean, I really, you know me, the, if it's got this honor and, and growth oh, factor, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I really thoroughly in, enjoyed it. We um, should get Kubrick to uh, make another... Uh, <laughs> Kubrick's dead. He's oh, did he die? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's been dead for a while. <laughs> what? Yeah, you didn't know that? Didn't he just make... Uh, he, he died... Um, he died before his last movie actually hit the theaters. What was his last movie? Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Which, by the way, I do not recommend that movie. <laughs> you will. You need more than filters to watch that movie. But that movie has a good message. <laughs> huh. I've never seen it. So. It's about fidelity. Okay. And 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 being uh, being honorable to your spouse and that sort of thing. But wow. But but it, but it's t- but it does so it gives you that message through a negative oh, side. Wait, of I'm it. thinking of Ridley Scott. I don't know why, but I was like Aliens guy. He's alive. What oh, are you talking about? Yeah, that's not uh, Yeah, I was Stanley thinking about Kubrick. Ridley Scott. Sorry. Totally different yeah, guy. Completely different. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> not not anywhere. Right. I'm just thinking of your favorite same. directors and I'm Oh, going, gotcha. Yeah, like he's Ridley is like <clears> your, one of your favorites too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, old Ridley Scott. No. Like, well, no, young Ridley Scott. <laughs> original alien. <laughs> original, original Ridley Scott. His, most of his newer stuff I haven't been a big fan of. But now I haven't seen The Martian. I heard it was good. It is. It's really good. And so I like it, it might It might uh, bring me back around. It's fun. So, it's a really good. It's a good ride. Cool. I recommend it. Anyways. I'll, I'll have to check it out. <sighs> so how was your week then? I, you know, it was good. Uh, my wife and I attended a weekend seminar last weekend, and so we were out. And hence, we didn't have a show. Hence, we didn't have a show. And but it was for a great cause. Yes, because, you know, we're doing good. Uh, we we're on a uh, <laughs> a weight loss. I'm on a weight loss program, which is really fun. So if I, you know, go nuts and start eating something in your office, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm starved. No, I'm joking. <laughs> It's good. So I've had a good week. Uh, I got evaluated at school this week. That was fun. Oh, yeah? Did you pass? I guess so. I don't know. Whatever. They haven't said anything to me. So Did they go, how did you score on the word of faith uh, checkbox? You know, that wasn't there, the word oh, of faith checkboxes. If, if it would have been there, then I wouldn't have scored on it. <laughs> but I tell you what, we did do... Uh, <laughs> I was teaching uh, The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Really? Her, yeah. They, they so we were talking about the more, more, more morose and uh, modeling uh, uh, or period in American romantic uh, 
you know, lit. So it's really fun. The, <laughs> the kids are very interested in her, his thirteen-year-old uh, wife, child, Virginia, and nice. uh, and stuff like that. So it was yeah. pretty neat. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. But anyways, <laughs> that's pretty much my life. It's good. Awesome. Great. Well, you want to dive into this star-studded study? Hey, let's uh, take a look at the stars. Speaking of the stars, yeah, today marks that period where, uh, or today is the day when the, was it the Challenger exploded? Is it really? I think so. That would have been about right, I guess. Yeah. I remember when that happened. How old were you? Um, so that would have been 86, right? Right. I was 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. That yeah. was, yep, that was, uh, of course, you know, I've always been a fan of the space program oh yeah so yeah so i was like always real attentive to that stuff and so whenever that happened that was pretty shocking pretty big yeah well yeah a lot of people were were pretty amazed by that actually it's the 28th the today the 20 days the 27th so it's actually tomorrow tomorrow yeah yeah wow i've been seeing a lot of posts about that so hence we're talking about stars again that's right so um okay so this is part two of um i guess uh three part four part Three part, three right? part, three part series on uh, the signs of the heavens, right? The gospel and the stars, however you want to say it. Um, we, I want to recap just a little bit. Um, if you have not listened to our previous episode on it, I think it was episode seventy nine or eighty. Um, it was one of them back there. <laughs> one of those. Hey, take this opportunity to go look at our catalog and <laughs> of over. <laughs> 80 plus podcasts. Whoa. <laughs> and sign up today. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Shipping not included. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Void were prohibited. Where's our See store for need to. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, we digress. Yeah, go totally. back, go back and check out um, the the part one because it's if, if you haven't heard part one, you really need to hear part one before you hear this, because here's what we're doing. We're going through the um, what we now call the Zodiac. Right. And as we mentioned in the last podcast, that did not originate with astrology. That's right. Horoscopes. It's not where that is a corruption of what the Zodiac, Zodiac actually, actually was, which the Jews referred to this as the Matzeroth. Yes. Okay. And you can find references to the Matzeroth in the book of Job. Um, and the contention is that even before we had the written word of God, even before Moses started penning things, before Job started writing things, you still had 1,500 years or so yeah. of, of history. So where in the world... Was God storing his holy word mm. just mouth to mouth to people, you know, or was there something else going on? In the book of Genesis, it says that he put the lights in the heaven, the smaller lights in the heaven, referring to the stars, for seasons and for signs. Signs, that's right. And so uh, I, I believe when you look at the study that we're doing, you'll find that the gospel and uh, beyond. Yeah, the 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 history of of the earth is basically told through these 
12 major signs right. that are in the heavens. And um, it's also interesting to note that every culture on the planet sees these same constellations. So there's something, it has to have a common background. Origin. Right. Well, it's just like the flood. Like every culture on earth has a flood flood story. Right? Correct. In the same way, every every culture on earth has almost the exact same zodiac or same signs. And you noted in the last uh, episode that when you look up at the stars and you see Scorpio, you don't think, oh, that looks like a scorpion. Right. <laughs> you go... Uh, that looks like a bunch of stars, right? Yeah. But for some reason, we've always passed that down to say scorpion. And across the cultures, mm-hmm. it's been Scorpio the scorpion. So the question is, where did this originate? Where did this come from? And right. your answer last last week was, God put his story and he wrote it in the stars. Right. Which was cool, really cool. And and as what, what we're doing is we're going through... Um, the 12 signs of the Matzeroth. Right. Uh, now, 12 is an important number also, yes. biblically. I mean, that is a governmental number. We got 12 apostles, you know. 12 tribes of Israel. 12 tribes of Israel. This is, you know, a, a common thing that God would do. <clears throat> Plus, you have, you have uh, in these constellations, these signs, uh, a sign is not just one constellation. There's a major constellation. And then there's like three others. So it's like groupings. Right. And uh, so when you hear us refer to the house of Aries, we're not just talking about Aries, the constellation, but the other constellations that are part of that sign. Right. And so uh, what we're going to be doing is looking at the symbols that are universally known, what those symbols mean, um, the some of the star names which the names of these stars, uh, we're going to be using some of them that we'll pull out will be Hebrew names. Some of them are going to be um, Aramaic. Some of them are going to be Arab uh, names. Uh, uh, they're all ancient names, right. Sumerian names. <clears throat> but they all, the ones that we're going to choose to, whatever the name of the star, there's a reason why that star was called that. Right. And there are scriptures we read, read last time that also said that God named all these stars. Right. Okay, so um, what this does is this gives us a really good insight into what the story is by putting these signs and symbols together as we go across the sky. Right. Now, there is an imaginary line across the sky uh, called the ecliptic, which is where that's the path the sun travels in the sky. And all of these... um, all these signs are on that path. Ecliptic, yeah. Right, so you start with, we started with Virgo. Right, uh, the Virgin. And, and there's reasons why we did that. Um, it's a circle, so right. there's always the question of where do you start? And um, some ancient writings have shown to us, primarily the ones from Egypt, that between Virgo and Leo is... The beginning. The beginning, so... Virgo would be the beginning. Leo's, Leo's going to be the end. The, end. the coming king. <clears throat> so <laughs> we divided these into, because it tells us, because it's like a book. Right. Uh, we've divided it. I say we, the human race, um, the uh, the people who've done this study before me. 
there you go. have divided this into groups and called them books and chapters right. so that it's easier for you as the studier or listener right. to understand. And shout out to, is it Bullinger? Yes, E.W. Bullinger. If, you, if you're interested in, in reading this stuff for yourself, I would suggest a book called Witness... Of the Stars by E.W. Bullinger. It's a great read. It's a it's a little technical, but it's not too bad. Um, it's full of illustrations, yeah. and it's just it's just a really great uh, study on this. Uh, but there are others as well um, that 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 talk about this. All of them are pretty much in the same vein, right? Donald um, DeYoung, Astronomy in the Bible, mm-hmm. is one of them. And I had one here last week called Gospel in the Stars. Uh, and I can't remember the name of that uh, that author. But uh, anyway, the first book we went through last time, and <clears throat> we're, we call it The Redeemer. Right. So it was all about Christ. It was all about the sacrifice on the cross. It was all about what he had done, the price that he paid, the atonement. Um, as we went through, Virgo the Virgin was talking about, that's the first chapter talking about the seed of the woman and all of the things that, that were in reference to it. Chapter 2 was the Redeemer's Atonement. That's uh, Libra right. and the scales. And um, <clears throat> then chapter 3 was the Redeemer's Conflict, uh, which is Scorpio, the house of Scorpio. And we talked about all the things there where, where it's symbols of Christ versus evil versus Satan. Right. Going all the way back to... Chapter three of Genesis, where God uh, issues this proclamation to Satan that uh, you will bruise his heel and he will bruise your head. Right, and so that is a common thing throughout this story. We'll we'll keep seeing references to that. Sure, and uh, we saw that a lot in in the Scorpio in the House of Scorpio. Uh, moving along to chapter four of the first book, we talked about the Redeemer's triumph, which was uh, Sagittarius. The archer, and and how um, and how the redeemer triumphed over death through that. Yes. Okay. So now we're going to pick up <clears throat> with Capricorn is going to be the first one that we touch on this time, the House of Capricorn, and this is um, book number two. Okay. Okay. We we talked about the redeemer. Book number two is about the redeemed. Okay, so we're going to be the main stars of Yay! this star story. So it's a s- story about me. Stars, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> so, and it's also going to be, there's going to be major players in this story as well. Christ is going to make, you know, appearances in of it. Of course. Satan's going to make appearances in it. But it's going to be about us. It's about the redeemed. Sweet. And so, uh, to begin with, let's uh, look at 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9 through 11. And okay. I'm going to be reading out of the NET today. Awesome. So, still a scholarly translation. Yes, it is. Um, Even though it's a lot easier to read. <laughs> a lot more under, you know, understandable. So, this is the, redu- the results of the Redeemer's suffering. Book number two okay. of the Matroth. First <clears throat> Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11 says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. The sexually immoral... The idolaters, the idolaters, the adulterers, passive homosexual partners, practicing homosexuals, thieves, the greedy, the drunkards, the verbally abusive, and the swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you once lived this way, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. So that's going to be basically some of what we're going to be talking about here, yes. is that we were washed, we were sanctified, we were justified uh, in our sins. So <clears throat> the, first, um, the first chapter of this book uh, is the, the first house we're going to talk about is Capricorn. Um, this sign in the heavens is a strange one. It's a weird one. Is it the sea goat? It is a sea goat. I don't know what that means. Okay, so once again, backing up. It's like a mermaid, only with a goat. Yeah, I mean, who looks up in the sky and goes, you see those little stars up there? You see that handful of stars? You know what that reminds me of? It kind of looks like a sea goat. It looks like a goat, but it also looks like a fish. Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to see lots of fish, and we're going to see lots of sea references right. in in this in this chapter. <laughs> this um, so this is the, the the blessing is being procured in this chapter, okay, uh, of Jesus Christ. Um, so now this this Capricorn is a combination of a dying sacrifice, like a ram, okay, and a living fish. Okay, so the tail on the traditional symbol of of Capricorn is a curled fish tail, which means it's moving, it's active, it's alive. Right. The front of the beast is a goat that is kneeling somewhat, so it looks like it is being sacrificed. sacrificed. Okay? So it is a symbol of Christ and us. So both he and us, because we're alive yet dead. We're dead to sins, but we're alive Alive in Christ. Christ. So um, this this brings up ideas of Galatians tw- uh, Galatians two verses uh, verse twenty. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So uh, this is kind of the the setting of of Capricorn. Uh, there's also some interesting things to note here about sacrifices and fishes together, uh, and that would be. There are two major symbols of Christianity that date yeah. way back early on to uh, the cross, right? Uh, which is obvious. Everyone thinks of knows what the cross is. It's a symbol of Jesus' sacrifice. Right. It represents his death. Therefore, it re- represents life in us. There is also... The ichthus. The ichthus. Yeah. The ichthus is, is for the lay people out there, this is the little fish on the back of your car. Right. <laughs> Now that you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, poo-poo on symbols and and these type of things. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But you know, that that fish has meaning, and it goes way back. Oh yeah. I mean, it, this is an early Christian symbol, right? Uh, Ichthus is a um, what do you call it? It's an acronym. Yep. In uh, Greek, right? And each letter stands for. Uh, uh, a word, right. which is Jesus Christ, Son, Savior, <laughs> it's, it's something. Savior. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I'll it, look it up. Okay, you look it up right quick. But anyway, what it is, you take the first letter of each one of these words, Jesus Christ, Son, Savior, uh, and what it, what it spells is the word ichthus in right. the Greek, which means fish. Right. Okay, well, that makes sense as to why you would draw a fish because you're secretly saying Jesus his title and his place what he what he has done for us right in the early christian days because of persecution mm-hmm. to to see if somebody was a christian you would walk up and you would draw the first little part of the fish 
And if they understood what you were saying, they would draw the second part. It was called the sign of the fish. Right. Or the Jesus fish, right? Um, and it means uh, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. That's what it means. Yes. And we find early, early writings of the Ichthus uh, all over. Um, but I'm looking like 4th century A.D., okay? Yes, so, like <laughs> way... This is before... <laughs> right. <laughs> this is before most of the New Testament was even written. Right. And we've got like... Uh, and, and we also see it like in catacombs and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Because it was a symbol this man was a Christian. Right. And, and it was also a symbol that was placed in certain places to mark secret meeting places for Christians. Yeah. So it was like when you saw the fish, the ichthus, you knew... You could meet there. You could meet there. Okay, so the cross and the fish are symbols that we can... We know that those things mean uh, Christ. Right. One of them is uh, on itself, it's a symbol of death. The other one is a symbol of life. Yeah. So uh, that's what we see in Capricorn. It is a mix between a symbol of death and a symbol of life. It is a symbol of us. It is what we are. We are we are dead and we are Amen. dead to our sins and alive in Christ. Um, there is uh, just one star that I want to mention in uh, the uh, in this this constellation of Capricornus, and that is called um, it's a, an Arabic name, Dinab El Gaidi, which means the sacrifice comes. So wow. Right there in the symbol. Yeah. We have the sacrifice. We comes. have the sacrifice. That's coming. amazing. So this is the beginning of Christianity right yes, there. This is, this is the beginning of our story. Right. When the sacrifice comes. Started at the cross and, and life begins yes. for us. Okay. So Beautiful. in the house wow. of Capricornus, we have the first, um, the, the first constellation to talk about, and that is a Sagita. Sagita is a really small constellation. <laughs> Made up of just a couple of stars. There's not much to it. Okay. Uh, but it represents an arrow. Okay. And the meaning of that is it's the killing stroke of God. Uh, so, <laughs> the killing stroke of God. Yes. So this is is uh, a God um, killing either the sacrifice or killing the sin in us. Our sin. Right. Okay. So in Psalms 38 verse 2, it says, For your arrows pierce me. And your hand presses me down, David talking about right. how God's judgment and um, and his view of, of of how God looks at us. Okay, so that's not much to that 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 sign, but uh, the next constellation in the house of Capricornus is um, Aquila. <clears throat> now Aquila is a wounded eagle. Okay, so, huh. it's, so it's an eagle, right. but it's a wounded one. And once again, so weird that you look up into the stars, and not only do you see a bird, but it's an eagle. And it's wounded. And it's wounded. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so here's what the meaning of that is. Um, eagles are universal symbols of deity. Right. I mean, we see... We've got it on our own American uh, stuff, the American eagle. And That's all that. right. Before that, you have it on Rome. Rome, the oh, eagle was the symbol of, of Rome. Right. right? Uh, and you'll see that in Nazi Germany. And oh, yeah. <laughs> 
But in, in, in dating way back before any of all the, uh, of this, I mean, the eagle has been a symbol uh, of deity. Right. Um, and it's placed, this is a wounded eagle, eagle, and it's placed in the sky right next to the arrow. Okay. So you have the arrow pointed at this eagle right. that is wounded. Uh, so if you have God being... God pierced God. Right. You have God piercing God. Whoa. Right there in the sky. Whoa. Wow. Okay. So the meaning is that God was wounded by that killing arrow that was given by God. Yeah. Um, Exodus 19 verse 4 tells us, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt. Whoa. And how I lifted you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Okay, so um, now let's look at a few stars okay. inside of this constellation. Inside of the eagle. Yes. Three stars that make up the head and neck of the eagle. Uh, first, Al-Shane. These are going to be Arabic names. Okay. Al-Shane is the name of one of the stars. That means the piercing. Al-Stain. Mm-hmm. The, okay. the star right in the middle of the neck of the eagle is Altair, which means the wounding. Hmm. And then the star, uh, the third star on the neck is Tarazed, which means torn. Torn. So piercing, wounding, torn. Torn. These are all things that could that, that could be allegorical to Jesus's sacrifice on the cross, right? I mean, he was pierced. Right. His side was pierced. Um, he was wounded, obviously, um, and torn as well. Uh, my body was broken. Right. Uh, what happened to him when he was scourged? Oh, the flesh was, was torn from his torn body. Torn from him, yeah. So, um, wow. So, and it's interesting also that this, this star Altair, the wounding, is near the head of the eagle. Right. Okay, Jesus suffered a wound... On, his, on head, his head, which would have been the crown of the thorns. The crown, yeah. Okay, the next uh, constellation. Oh, wait, hold on. Sure. Because, okay, I pulled up Witness of the Star, so I'm right where you're at. Oh, okay, cool. But there's a fifth star there, Al Okal. Okay. Did you mention that one? No, I didn't. This one specifically means wounded in the heel. Ah, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because so, <laughs> once again, with the same motif, right, it's happening again. Wow, that's yeah. amazing to me. Okay, uh, okay, go ahead. Okay, the next constellation in the House of Capricornus is Delphinus. Okay, okay, Delphinus is a dolphin. Yes. Okay. Now we know a dolphin is not a fish. <laughs> right. Right. We it's know a, that a dolphin is a mammal. It's but a mammal. Yeah. Before we started categorizing these things, it is an animal that swims in the water. It has fins, okay. It looks the like the ancients a fish. called it a fish, right? Okay, uh, a whale is considered a fish to the ancients. Sure, I mean it, and it's not a matter of oh, they didn't know the genus species, blah blah blah. <laughs> it's what it is a, a a field of animals that live in the ocean, right? That swim, okay. Right. So it would have been seen in, at to the ancients as a form of fish, right? And so uh, the dolphin. Um, was renowned because it would rise up from the water and then it would dive back down. Okay, the 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 Christ in this is that uh Christ rose up right from death. And so the the dolphin was also seen as a majestic fish 
So it would like rise up out and then go back down. Right. We also symbolize this through baptism. We come up out of water. Yes. And so once again, this is a symbol of us and Christ. This is is uh, this is us being redeemed and the blessing being recur- procured for us. First uh, Corinthians fifteen, uh, where Paul gives us the definition of gospel. He says, "For I passed on to you as." Of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Yes. Wow. Okay, so so let's move to chapter two. Okay. So we're going to move to the next sign in the heavens, which we're moving from Capricorn now to Aquarius. Second book, (gasps) chapter two. Yes, Aquarius. Book two, chapter two. Book two, the redeemed, chapter two. The blessing is received. Okay. Okay. So the the Capricorn was blessing procured. Now the blessing will be received. Uh, so Aquarius. Now age of Aquarius. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Such a psychedelic. <laughs> okay. So uh, what is Aquarius? You know what Aquarius is? Uh, no. He is a water bearer. Okay. Okay. Water bearer. Yes. And the symbol that you normally see of Aquarius is a man holding a jar of water. Of water. And he's pouring the water out. Okay. So he's not just carrying a jug of water. He's He's pouring it out. He's pouring it out. Um, Huh. I can see some Christian symbolism in that already. Yes. Definitely. Wow. Okay. So there's a symbol of a great man pouring out a never ending flow of water. Okay. (laughs) Now, water is. Often used in scripture. Oh yeah, all the time as a symbol for what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So, yeah. So now the the blessing is being procured. Yeah. It's coming to. It's coming home. I mean, being received. I mean, the woman at the well. I would give you water. You know that would never stop. You'd never thirst. You know anymore. Right. Right. Wow. Living water. Living water. Yes. That's right. That's okay. Great. So now here's another interesting thing. Uh, we'll get to this in just a second. Is um, um, the water, the placement in the sky, the water is landing on another constellation that we'll talk about in a minute, <laughs> which is a fish. Okay. Okay. I get it. <laughs> so uh, let's let's look at John 7, verse uh, 37 to 39. Okay. It says, On the last day of the feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and shouted out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. Uh, uh, just as the scripture says, from within him will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive, for the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Wow. Okay, so he's talking about this living water that's going to flow out of your belly. Right. And here we have the symbol right after the sacrifice, right after the the eagle is slain, uh, we have the Holy Spirit this, being poured out. This Holy Spirit being poured out. Yeah. And uh, and as we'll see here, it's poured out upon one of the constellations in the house of Aquarius, which is uh uh it's not Pisces, it's Piscus Austrin <laughs> Piscus. Piscus Austrinus. Okay, which okay. Is, it's a small constellation, okay. but it is also a fish. It's also, it's also called the southern fish. Uh, in mythology, and a lot of this stuff is tied to 
myths, myths. and legends. And a right. lot of the Greek mythology actually came from more ancient stories. Right. So um, <clears throat> a lot of these symbols have been told, these stories have been told, and so they've entered into Greek mythology as well. Right. Okay, well, in, in mythology, uh, this is Aphrodite, this, this fish is. Oh, really? Uh, this Piscis austrinus. Uh, it's Aphrodite who was transformed into a fish to escape the monster Typhon. We, as Christians, are transformed into new creatures to escape a monster as well. Right. And we live by the power of the Spirit, which is constantly being poured onto us by Christ. What was the symbol we just saw in Aquarius? A great man pouring out water. Right. And it's landing on this symbol, this constellation. Wow. This fish. Um Second huh. Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, So then, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. What is old has passed away. Look, what is new has come. Okay, wow. so the next symbol in the house of Aquarius is a constellation called Pegasus. Now, that's the winged horse. That is the winged that's horse. That's like Hercules' buddy, right? <laughs> yeah, in the cartoon. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Pegasus is the winged horse. Um, it is also referred in mythology as a messenger of glad tidings. Okay. So um, <laughs> That makes sense. So uh, as the receivers of this great gift, what are we? We are messengers of good news, glad tidings. Yes. And uh, saying we're called to be like this winged horse in um, in our story, Matthew twenty eight nineteen to twenty, Jesus' last words there in the book of Matthew. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. So that's our charge to yes. be Pegasus. That's wow. another T-shirt. <laughs> Be Pegasus. <laughs> I'm Pegasus for Jesus. Bring the blessings. We're, we're, we are messengers of glad tidings. Yes. Now let's talk about some of the stars in the Pegasus constellation. Okay. Uh, once again, I'm going to be referring to some Arabic names. Uh, Al-Ganib is one of the stars, and that means the carrying. So it's carrying something. Okay. Uh, one of the stars is uh, uh, skiat, which means going and returning. So it's a constant, like a messenger, moving, right. re- going and returning. And then there's the star of Enif, which means the water. So Pegasus has the water in him. And he he's ha- carrying he, it wherever he has he goes. the spirit with him, and he's on a mess. He's on a mission. He's delivering things. And uh, he's carrying something. So he's going back and forth, and he's carrying something, which is this good news that we have. That's amazing. Wow. You know, it's just, I mean, I can't get over how, like, straightforward it is. (laughs) It's it's uncanny. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like this is not coincidence stuff. Right. There's there's too much of it here. That's right. Um, Okay, so uh, one, one more symbol in the House of Aquarius. Cygnus. Okay. Okay, Cygnus is the swan. Cygnus is a huge constellation. It's actually one of them that when you look up in the sky, it just kind of jumps out at you if you know where it is and, really? and that sort of thing. Because it is shaped like a cross. In fact, it's often called the Southern Cross 
in the sky. Oh, I've heard of the Southern Cross. Yeah. So, the, so why is it a swan then? What's um, the... Well, let's see. the The swan. If you think about what a swan is, what what comes to your mind whenever you think of a swan? Graceful, beautiful, white, white, glorious. Right. I mean, this is this is not your typical bird. This is a beautiful, beautiful bird, majestic yeah. bird. Right. Right. Okay. Um, in the in the constellation, his wings are spread in quick flight, like he is soaring. Now, um, because this is a huge constellation, you have this, it's covering the sky like crazy. So you've got this, this glorious white bird in, in your mind. Right. That's sailing through this constellation. Um, and the storm and the stars in it do form a cross. So that's hence the name, the Southern cross. Right. So you have already built into it, the symbol of the cross. Okay. Um, if we the 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 idea is that uh, that this is something that is coming soon, it's white, it's glorious, it's coming, okay, and it's coming quickly. Oh wow! Um, and so, if we look to Revelation twenty two verse twenty, the one who testifies to these things says, "Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus." Okay, so Jesus is is, sure. is, is prophesied to return to come soon. All these 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 passages that talk about it. If we look at some of the star names inside of Cygnus, uh, we see uh, Fafage, which means a glory shining, glorious shining. Fafage. Yes. Okay. Uh, Azel, which means quick, uh, and then there is Deneb, which means Lord or Judge. Could mean either one. Okay, so you have this Judge who is quickly coming and shining gloriously. <laughs> All those, so this is the return of Christ. Yes. And it's also, but it's also a symbol of Christ with us as well. Right. Quickly uh, being with us. So, because remember, we're in the same sign of Aquarius right. of, of receiving the Spirit. And so Christ is here. Christ is coming quickly. And, and he's here. And maybe that's part of the message. That we're supposed to be sending. We just learned about being a messenger. Right. Maybe that's part of the message. That Christ is coming. Right. Wow. Okay, moving on. Chapter three of book two. We're going to call this one Blessings and Bondage. And uh, Okay. <clears throat> Blessings and Bondage. <laughs> Sounds like a fun novel. <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah, Fifty Shades <laughs> of uh, Matsaroth. <laughs> So oh man, we're so messed up. Yeah, okay, go ahead. So, <laughs> okay, we're strike that. We're gonna redeem ourselves. Here. Yes. Okay, so um, the, Pisces is this symbol. Yay, that's mine. Pisces. Oh, you're a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. Oh, you're, you're gonna love this. Then, okay, because awesome. this is one of my favorites. Uh, Pisces is uh, once again, it's a strange, weird thing that it would be labeled like this across every single group. In the world. Right. But it is the fish is fishes. There's two fishes. There's two fish right. in this symbol. And these two fish are bound by a cord. So each one of them has a has a, a cord tied to its tail and binding the two together. Right. Okay. Weird. Just from a I mean you don't look at this the, like the dual nature of well, man. There's a the... fish, and there's a fish, and there's this cord right. that binds them, ties them. Okay, so um, 
if we think about Jesus for a minute and we think about what his calling for us was, fish come up a lot. Oh yeah, in the story of Jesus, don't right. they? I mean, it, yeah, the feeding of five thousand, obviously the the whole tax thing. Uh, how many times does he tell Peter to cast you know his yeah. nets out to catch right. fish? Uh, his parable of the separation of the fish. Uh, yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's it's all over the Gospels. Uh, Jesus asked Peter and Andrew, "Come with me." I'll make you fishers of men. Right. So you got this thing. So you have this metaphor uh, that Christians are fish. I'm going to make you fishers of men, right? right. Men are fish. We're, um, we're, we're going to, these Christians, they're fish. Right. The fish are the church. So what is the kingdom parable in Matthew 13? Ca- yeah. uh, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net which is cast into the sea and it brings forth all these fish. All fish from different, yeah, different kinds. So you've got these, uh, the fish are the church. And so this is our story. This is, this we're the redeemed. This is who the stars are talking about here. Right. And so we are Pisces. We, that's, that's who we are. Um, now the binding between the two is going to come into play here in a little bit too, which is really cool. Okay. Um, but if we look at uh, a couple of the stars inside of Pisces, uh, one on the uh, one of the, in the the tip of the constellation is a star called Fum al Samaka <laughs> in the Arabic. Fum al Samaka, and what okay. that means is the upheld. So it's being upheld, being upheld. Uh, in the middle of the binding cord, there is a star called Alrisha, which means Unity. Huh. So um, now let's look at Matthew 13, verse 47 to 48, uh, which is what we were talking about earlier. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was cast in the sea that caught all kinds of fish. And when it was full, they pulled it ashore, sat down, and put the good fish into containers and threw the bad away. Okay, so let's look into the other constellations that make up this house of Pisces. Okay. First, let's talk about the cord itself. Okay. It, it, it is a constellation in and of itself, the cord. Right. And it, it's called Alrisha. Uh, Alrisha means the binding cord. Um, now, we'll talk about Aries in the next chapter, um, the ram slash lamb. Right. Uh, but here's one thing that's interesting to note about Aries um, is... I think we can kind of guess foreshadowing here that the ram slash lamb is going to be somewhat of a symbol of Christ. Okay. Aries has one of his four legs upon the binding cord. So huh. this this ram, this lamb is holding, holding the binding cord. The cord that is binding these fish together. Right. Okay. Um, there is another constellation called Cetus, uh, which, it, which uh, is not in the house of Pisces, but it's a near constellation. And he's also touching this cord. Um, Here's what I think this is. We are bound in this life. We are either bound to sin. So either the monster holds the cord. Right. Or we're bound to Christ. And the ram holds the cord. And and the lamb is holding the cord, right? So um, note that the fish of Pisces are swimming in two different directions. See, I love this. The fish are, are swimming in two different directions, but they are bound together by the single cord that is held by the lamb. So if we look in Romans 16, or excuse me, Romans 6, verses 16 through 18, it says, 
Do you not know that if you present yourselves as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey, either of sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that through that though you were slaves to sin, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching you were entrusted to, and having been freed from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. Um, so this righteousness that that binds us together and it binds us to Christ, and it's also to me a really cool symbol of Christian unity. Yeah, it's unity, and it's in unity through diversity. The fish are going in different directions, but they're still unified. They're not swimming in the same direction. They're swimming in different directions, but they're still unified in who they are and what holds them together is wow. Christ. That's amazing. Okay, another um, another constellation in the house of Pisces, Andromeda. Oh, yeah. Okay, now Andromeda is the chained woman. Yeah. Okay, now many of us may know Andromeda from Greek mythology. Um, in the story of Greek mythology, Andromeda is chained in Joppa on the shore to be devoured by a sea monster. But the hero, Perseus, redeems her and then marries her. Right. So here's the thing. We also are in bondage of sin, right? We're chained to be devoured by the sea monster. Yes, but we are redeemed by Christ. Yes, and then he marries us. And then adorned is his bride. Oh, wow. Right? So Romans 7, verse 4. So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ so that you could be joined to another, to the one who was, who was raised from the dead to bear fruit to God. So you have this chained woman. We've been bound in chains of sin. We've been cha- bound in the chains of the law. Those chains have been broken, yes, and we've been freed by Jesus Christ, and He redeems us, just as the hero Perseus redeems Andromeda. Andromeda, right? I also I have this note that says in the Dendora uh, zodiac, her name is Set, which means to set up as a queen. Mm-hmm. In Hebrew, it's Sira, the chained. The in Persia, the stretched out. Hmm. So to set up as a queen, that's pretty yeah. cool. From someone who had been chained, who right. was a sacrifice herself, you know. Right. Um, so th- the next constellation in the house of Pisces is Cepheus. Um, Cepheus is the crowned king. So he's another redeemer figure in the stars. We have several of these. We've gone through oh, yeah. Hercules and uh, what was his name? A phenicus or whatever that held the snake. Right. So uh, anyway, we've got all these these hero symbols sure. in the stars, and here's one of them. And it's and th- these are all like uh, uh, symbols of Christ. So Cepheus means the royal branch. So remember we talked about going all the way back to Virgo. She held a branch in her hand, and the right. scripture that refers to Jesus as the, the branch. The branch. Mm-hmm. And so here Cepheus means the royal branch. He is physically standing on the the north star, the pole star. The pole star, yeah. Pole the star. center of our planisphere. So all the stars from our perspective rotate around the this north star, star right. which makes him constantly rotating around, moving toward 
the constellation Andromeda. Right. So he's like in constant motion toward her. She's moving in one direction. He's following her, which I think is a kind of a cool symbol huh. also. So um, in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 through 17, it says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be suddenly caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So this is the story of basically Andromeda's uh, rescue. Right, and so you have uh, <clears throat> this particular constellation in reference to the hero that is rescuing her. Um, a, a few of the stars that are inside of this constellation. Uh, once again, it's really cool. You've got Al Rai, which is in the heel of the hero, and guess what it means? The one who bruises. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Then you've got uh, Alfirk, 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 which means Redeemer. And then there's another star uh, in this constellation, uh, Alderman, which means coming quickly. So once again... Redeemer coming quickly. Yes, so it's a Redeemer who bruises, coming quickly. And he's rescuing the fair damsel. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so the last chapter... In this book that we're talking about, of us, the book of the redeemed. Right. The next chapter is the con- is the sign of Aries, the ram. The ram. So this is what we we mentioned him just briefly uh, before. Sure. Uh, the name of this chapter we're going to call the blessing is made full. Okay. Now the symbol again is of Jesus covering sacrifice. He is a ram. Right. The ram is what did Moses? Uh, find at the top of the hill. A ram. <laughs> a right. ram for yeah. uh, sacrifice. And I love what Moses told um, Isaac on the way up the hill when Isaac is like, uh, where's the sacrifice, Father? And he's <laughs> God like, God will provide God will, prepare, will provide himself a sacrifice. sacrifice yes. Such a weird, cool wording. Himself. Yeah, it's like uh, not only is he going to provide one for himself, he is going to himself be, be a sacrifice. The sacrifice, yes. So and it's a cool so uh, play on words. That actually translates well in the King James, but in hardly, it doesn't translate well in hardly any of the other right, ones. Yeah. Right. Okay, so anyway, Ares, uh, his hoof is holding the band between the Pisces fish. Right. We talked about that a while ago. In mythology, Ares was a ram with golden fleece sent by the spirit of a mother to save her children. <laughs> they fly away on Ares' back. One falls off but the other makes it to the city of refuge. In the end, Ares is sacrificed to Jupiter, the king of the gods, by none other than the child that he saved. So, if that doesn't give you goosebumps, (laughs) like, (laughs) I don't know what, what we can do to convince you. That is like so amazing to me. That's the story. Yes, over and over the and over The golden again. fleece, the golden fleece. He's the he's the king, king, the perfect king, and he's sacrificed by the ones he's saving. The ones he saved. It was your sin. We put him on the and cross. my sin that put him on the cross. So amazing! Uh, oh man! So this is also this is going to be this is going to hit home with us. This is you know our, he is the symbol of our redeemer here. Um, Yes. In Isaiah 53, uh, 
familiar reading in chapter in verse five and six, he was wounded because of our rebellious deeds, crushed because of our sins. He endured punishment that made us well because of his wounds. We have been healed. Yeah. All of us had wandered off like sheep. Yes. Each of us had strayed off on his own path, but the Lord caused the sin of all of us to attack him. So <laughs> I, I can just see sitting around a campfire. You see that ram up there? Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you this story. You know? Fascinating. Yeah, it's so great. One of the stars in this constellation. Oh, and by the way, this constellation is a small constellation. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's no way you're looking at it and go, that's a ram. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like three or four stars. Uh, but one of the stars in the head of this constellation, in the head of the ram, is al Sheratan, which means wounded and bruised. Okay, so once again, we're talking about being bruised right. and wounded, but not infinitely or not, not uh, ultimately. Uh, so anyway, th- this is a good symbol. And uh, another thing in this story that I think is interesting is the fact that two children were rescued and only one made it back, which is kind of like false conversion types sure. of symbology going on there. Uh, it's also the same in Matthew 13 when you have the, the fish that are brought in and, and they're cold, right? right. Not all of them are true fish that are, are to be rescued. Right. Uh, so anyway... Uh, interesting side note there. Inside the uh, house of Aries, we have Cassiopeia is one of the constellations we're going to talk about. Okay. Um, or Cassi- Cassiopeia, I guess is some pronounce it. Uh, so anyway, Cassiopeia means the enthroned woman. Okay, so before we had Andromeda, right? Yes. Who was the bride in bondage, who, who was chained and released. Right. Now we have Cassiopeia, who's the glorified woman. She's preparing for a wedding. <laughs> and uh, so just like Cassiopeia, we also are being prepared as the bride of yes. the Lamb. So Revelation 21, verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of seven final plagues came and spoke to me saying, Come. I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Mm. So here we're talking about Aries, talking about a lamb, and now we're talking about a bride. Bride, yeah. And and she's adorned. And she's also, uh, this is one of my favorite constellations because it's one of them that is easily pointed out in the sky. Uh, it's it, it, it's shaped like, I guess, a sigma sign. It's like a backwards E. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, there's not <laughs> It's Once again, it's weird. <laughs> this is a bride. Right. But, uh, but anyway... Um, one of the stars inside of this constellation is Shadir, which means freed. Wow. Okay, so we had our in the previous chapter we were in bondage, we were Andromeda, and we were and, and we were being freed. Now we are, we are adorned free. for our bride, and we are freed. We have been made free. Amen. Ugh. Okay. Um, also, in the house of Aries, we have Cetus, which <laughs> Cetus is the sea monster. Okay. <laughs> Going back to the story of Andromeda, and this in this whole book, we're dealing with things of the ocean, right? Yes. Fish, dolphins, 
uh, Aries or the um, Capricorn, the half fish, half goat. We've got all these images of the sea. We've got the story of Andromeda being chained in, in, by the sea at Joppa, ready to be sacrificed right. to what? The sea monster. Sea monster, yep. So here we have a vision of the sea monster in the house of Ares. Right. It is a carnivorous sea monster um, and would be the fish's predator. Um, Ares sits atop of the great beast and holds it, <clears throat> and holds it down. <laughs> so it's interesting. The sacrifice, sacrificial lamb, Ares, has got one foot on the binding cord, and he's holding down the, the, sea, monster. the sea monster at the same time. Wow. Now, Cetus is also touching the binding cord, so that was what we mentioned that earlier. Right. That, uh, that the binding cord is not completely free of this influence. Still right. there. Uh, in mythology, Andromeda was rescued from a sea monster, and one of the children riding on Ares fell into the sea where the sea monster lives. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Isaiah 27 verse 1 says, At that time the Lord will punish with his destructive, great and powerful sword, Leviathan, the fast-moving serpent. Leviathan, the squirming serpent. He will kill that sea monster. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we, once again, biblical references, talking about Satan as a sea monster, right, right here in the sky, in that the stars. That old serpent of old, Satan... Yes. The devil. Yes, once again. It's Revelations 20. Yeah. We have a sea monster in the in the sky. Okay, let's look at a, at a few of the stars inside of Cetus. We have Minkar, which means the chained enemy. Remember <laughs> what happens to this sea monster? He's Remember bound. It? Yes, he's bound for a thousand years, right? That's right. Um, there is a star named Mira, which means rebel. Um, oh, wow. What did, uh, what did Lucifer say? In Isaiah 14, you know, that he was going to rebel. He was going to be like God. God. um, Difda is another star, which means overthrown. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love it. Okay, so the last last symbol in this last chapter of this book that we're in is uh, uh, Perseus. So we talked about him. Yes. He was the one who rescued Andromeda in the, in the mythology. Right. Story. Uh, his name actually means the breaker. That's what it means. <laughs> wow. Okay. So in mythology, Perseus was the son of a god miraculously conceived in a woman. Yes. <laughs> his job was to defeat the evil Medusa. He slew Medusa, took her head... As seen in the constellation. Medusa's head is actually in the constellation. Right. He's holding it. Yes. On his way home, he found Andromeda in danger of a sea monster, and he rescued her, and he married Married her. Yeah. Okay, so not only do we have this other hero that represents this the savior but also we have perseus in the story that does this now there's interesting things to note is that what is medusa that's a good question, because the sea serpent is Satan, right? Right. Well, so I mean, is Medusa all the, also Satan. Yeah, I mean, all these are symbols of the sure. same stuff. Okay, but 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 the idea. Well, of, yeah, I mean, how many times over and over do you have the the, the lamb? Right, the ram, the lamb. You have then the same symbols of these heroes over yeah. and over and over again. You have women over and over. Andromeda, right. Cassiopeia. We who, who are all us. 
Right. And so once again, you have all these references to snakes and sea serpents, and all of these things are representations of of the of the, the devil, Satan, Satan yeah. and the accuser. And so you have here a symbol of this conquering warrior, Perseus, who is holding in his hand the head of Medusa, which if you don't not familiar with um, th- this mythology, uh, Medusa is a snake woman. Right. So some uh, some articulate her as having a snake's body, uh, but always she has snakes for hair. Right. And if you look into her eyes, you are turned you to turn stone. You turn to stone. And yeah. which Perseus in the mythology actually uses this head of Medusa as a weapon. Right. Uh, to turn his enemies to stone. <laughs> So right. um, so anyway, this is a really cool symbol. Okay, if we look at some of the stars inside of Perseus, we have Mirfak, which means the one who helps. Okay. Um, which would make sense. Here right. he is. He's the one who helps. He's Bra- our great he's, helper. He's His name, the Breaker. He's breaking Andromeda free of her bondage. Yes. Uh, you have a star also in, inside of Perseus named El Ganib, which means carries away. What did he do to Andromeda? He carried her away. He carried her away. That's right. And he married her. Uh, now, here's one of them I thought was really cool. <laughs> the Right there in the middle of the head of Medusa is a star called Al-Ghul. Al-Ghul means the evil spirit. Huh. So he's carrying the evil spirit in his hand. And, and if we go back to this reference about you will bruise his heel... And he will bruise your head. Right. And here it is Perseus, Perseus holding the Holding head. the severed head. Right. That's a bruising now. Yeah, that is. <laughs> wow. Micah, the second chapter, verse wow. 13 says, The one who can break through barriers will lead them out. They will break out, pass them through the gate, and leave. Their king will advance before them. The Lord himself will lead them. Amen. So that is the end of chapter four and also the end of book two, The Redeemed. Okay. Okay, so we have one more series, one more episode to do yes. on this series, which is going to be book three, which is The Return. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, so far, one thing that the series has done more than anything else is just strengthen the faith. The reality that this story, this story was told before time began right <laughs> yeah and and it was written in the stars and it's so true mm-hmm. over and over and over again and if you really look every story is an echo of this story yes which is god freeing us through the lamb mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful picture so man that's that's awesome yeah, and it's just it just amazes me that it's all been there yes. from the beginning of of time of time mm-hmm. it's been up there in the sky Tell it so it could tell this story, right? And it's like it's such a shame that oh, this yeah. stuff has been corrupted into this horoscope and this zodiac. Oh yeah, you know, it, gunk. I mean, it's like you're ruining what the beauty, the story of this. This right. is this is beautiful. This is God's creation, not only in the heavens itself, but it's the creation of His story. Yeah, and His story. That involves us. Right. And, you know, so let's go back to our Carl Sagan quote. If we're the only, 
intelligent life in this galaxy, it's an awful big waste, waste of space. space. That's right. It's not a waste of space. God's, God wrote his story. He's using it. it. He's right. using it. It's a beautiful, it's the largest it's an painting palette ever. Yeah. It, or, or it, it, so it's like, wow, that he took this and he's telling his story with it. He's not wasting anything. Right. Every bit of it's being used. That's beautiful. Right. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words... Won't pass away. <laughs> They're written in the stars. That's right. Well, before we get to our news, let's go ahead and do uh, a voicemail because we got one that ties into our series that we're doing here. Awesome. So here we go. Uh, oops, I forgot my button. There it is. Okay, so I actually got this voicemail um, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. But... Then I forgot it. I forgot it last time. <laughs> and uh, so, but since we're doing the stars, it fits, fits right in. in. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's have yeah. a listen here. Hey, guys. This is uh, Pastor Ron Fuller with Sojourners Fellowship. I just want you to know I'm so glad you're doing this series. There is so much information that will be so good for people to know and to hear. Thanks again. Looking forward to every part of this. Have a great time doing it, and I hope the hearers will have a great time learning it. Wow. Yes, so thank you, Ron, so much for tuning in, and I hope that we're living up to your expectations on this. Obviously, you know the study. (laughs) Yes. And uh, so uh, this is, it's a a passion for me, so I I know that... it's one of these things that excites me, and hopefully that that uh, people will find an interest in it. Because as like Jeremiah was pointing out when we were going through it, there's a lot more to this. I'm not covering everything. That's right. There, those there's tons of stars up there, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to go through them all. That's right. But there are some exhaustive uh, uh, studies out there on this. And so, yeah, if if this at all interests you, listeners. Please go out and 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 do some research on this because it's really fun and it's really faith building. Yes, and you know it's it you know I've already benefited greatly from it. So uh, yeah, it's awesome. Listen to it, get it out there. Excited about it. It's great. And now the news. All right. Well, let's start with uh, Supreme Court to hear a uh, landmark church uh, versus state case. Um, this is actually coming out of a Missouri church. Uh, this is really interesting, actually. It's from Relevant Magazine. A Missouri church is accusing the government of religious discrimination on the grounds of being denied state funds to resurface a playground on their property. <laughs> a playground. On their property. <laughs> their playground. Their, yes. They want state funds to resurface their playground. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case that could end in a landmark church versus state decision. Officials of the state refused to include Trinity Lutheran Church among 14 grant winners, citing the state's constitution's separation of church and state. The document clearly states no money shall be taken from the public treasury directly or indirectly in aid of any church, sect, or denomination or religion. So far, two federal courts have upheld this law. The, The church told justices they needed the money just as much as secular competitors because the jagged edges of the pea gravel playground surface can injure children. They also contended that the playground serves no religious purpose and therefore should be reconsidered. Wow. <laughs> I'm not on that side. Not at all. Like, I'm not either. And the reason I'm not is because... You know what? Take, 
take and use the money that you do have for the furtherance of of Christ. I mean, this is so weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, expe- a church expecting to get grant money. I mean, it's one thing to to be, and then we're tax exempt, but we want grant money to resurface our playground. Right. right. You know, it, to me, that's just a. Very hypocritical thing, and it, I think more than anything, it makes makes the church just look really bad. There, you know, it's mm-hmm. just frustrating to me. But whatever, um, you know, the anti, you know, the leader, uh, the guy who, uh, um, who uh, has been putting up those anti-abortion videos, the Planned Parenthood, the hidden camera videos. We've talked oh, about yeah, it here. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's being uh, indicted uh, by a grand jury. Uh, an anti-abortion group leader uh, behind Planned Parenthood videos is indicted in Houston, Texas. Grand jury uh, that was investigating claims of illegal behavior on the part of Planned Parenthood and have instead indicted the two abortion adversaries behind the undercover Planned Parenthood videos. The charges laid against the vigilante fil- filmmakers are tampering with a government record, which is a fa- felony, and uh, charges related to purchasing human organs. David R. <laughs> Daladine, the director of the anti-abortion group Center for Medical Progress, posed as a biotechnology representative interested in purchasing fetal tissue in a sting operation that was, of course, secretly filmed. A Center for uh, Medical Progress employee, uh, Sandra Merritt, was indicted with a felony charge for tampering with the government record. Charges accuse Merritt of making fake California driver's licenses for the meeting with Planned Parenthood officials. So, I mean, it's getting hotter and hotter, this this wow. abortion thing. Yeah, so uh, apparently... Anything to take the focus off the issue itself. Right. right? So they're, they're focusing on the fact that they made fake IDs, which is like a high school thing. To yeah, me, yeah. But whatever. <laughs> and uh, instead of the fact that Planned Parenthood was trying to sell fetal organs. Yeah. Oh, it's never mind what we were doing. You, How dare you, you fake got, government? You, you got that footage. <laughs> yeah. Illegally. You know? You, you know, that was that was not right. Whatever. Anyways. Entrapment. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The most biblical-minded cities in America. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Number one. Chattanooga, Tennessee, reclaimed the number one spot. Uh, That was followed by Birmingham, Anniston, and Tuscaloosa, metropolitan areas of Alabama, Roanoke, Lynchburg, Virginia, Shreveport, Louisiana, and the Tri-Series in Tennessee. Um, Let's see. The least Bible-minded regions of the Northwest, Alberni. Portland. uh, (laughs) No. Surprisingly, yeah. I imagine Portland's up there. Yeah, I thought Portland was like, because we've done something like this before. I thought it was like way up there. Yeah, wasn't it? That was a long time ago. Yeah. I wonder if just things have shifted. Boston and Rhode Island. So this really the Northeast mm. is really like... Boston. Yeah, Boston. Pack the can to have it yet. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. If you live in the South, surprise, surprise, you're most Bible-minded. <laughs> Which is not a surprise. Okay, let's see. I thought we could use some positive, if, if not sad. Um, a high school principal died yesterday saving two students. It was pretty neat. He sacrificed mm. his life. She sacrificed her life. Susan Jordan, the principal of an Indiana elementary school, died yesterday saving two students from a runaway bus. Wow. She was reportedly helping a group of students on the bus home, uh, on their bus home when another bus jumped the curb. 
Witnesses say she pushed the two 10-year-old students out of the way, saving their lives and sacrificing her own. So, wow. Yeah, they're still good in the world. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord for that. But, man, uh, hearts and prayers go out. To her family. To her and... family and everything. You know, I'd like to think that I would do that, mm. sacrifice my life for another. But, you know, greater love hath no man than this. Yep. He would lay down his life for another. It's pretty amazing. All right, and in this day in church history... Oh, yes. Hop in our TARDIS. Go back in time. Yeah. Things are beginning to spin. I just finally watched the season finale of Doctor Who. Did you? Yes. Was it wow. good? Wow. Really? Say, wow. I was, like, way impressed. It's, it's a three-parter. Really? And it ended at the end of the universe. Is it intense? <laughs> oh. It's cool. It's cool. Speaking of so cool. TV series, is what do you think about the new X-Files? Uh, I've got mixed emotions. Okay. The first episode I struggled with. It has very little story. It uh, was basically, if there wasn't a nostalgia thing going on, it would have been, I was like, this is not the X-Files I grew up with or <laughs> that I loved, you know. But uh, episode two, though. Was very redemptive. Okay, like it was. It was like watching the X Files in nine in the mid nineties again. I mean, it was like <laughs> really? same pattern of storytelling, the same attitudes, the same. It was was, was Mulder in the basement again? Yes, they're back. He's back in the basement. <laughs> so I have I have high hopes for the next few uh, episodes. But. I was I was watching some uh, old school uh, X Files the other day, and I watched the uh, vampire episode. I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, I, I probably do. I was a huge fan. <laughs> this is a crazy episode. Is that the, uh, is that the one where um, these people think they're vampires? They're part of a cult. Oh, they think they're... Oh, oh. And they drink blood in order yeah, to like stay yeah, young oh, and Oh, that's um, in like season two. That's... Uh, yeah, season two. Three is the name of that episode. Right. Season uh, I know that. Scully's missing by that time. Yes, so yes. Okay. You don't know where she's at, but... Yeah, this is the one where they're eating like pies or whatever made out of... <laughs> Blood pies. Hilarious. Okay, so uh, this day in church history, the Pelagian heretic was born. (laughs) Pope Innocent the First condemned Pelagius, Pelagius, and uh, and told him he was Darth Pelagius. Basically kicked out. This is word for word from the Pope. We judge by the authority of apostolic power. This wasn't a very happy pope. He was very upset. Pope Pius I. No, Pope Innocent I. I'm sorry. He said, We judge by the authority of the apostolic power that Pelagius and Celestius be depraved from ecclesiastical communion until they return to the faith. May you out be of the depraved of the the communion. And what was their big heresy? The Pelagian belief that men are not born into sin, but men are inherently good. Which Augustine expressly fought against. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I fight against too. I don't believe mm-hmm. that we're born into goodness. I mean, when you look at a baby, you shouldn't say, "Oh, what a pretty little baby." You should say, "Oh, what a pretty little sinner." That's the truth. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, that's my belief. But uh, yeah, so you can call somebody a Pelagian heretic because of today in church history. Yeah, that's all I got. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Do we want to do any trivia at all? We can if you want. Let's do it. All right. I mean, if you want to lose. Yeah, well, I'm already set to lose. You are. I don't even remember where we're at. Me neither. I keep forgetting. Video trivia. 
Thank you, Wormwood. Yes. You notice how much better our oh, board sounds in your ears? The whole board That's sounds because so it's in stereo, better. dude. Oh, really? Yeah, thank you, Were Michael. Were you doing mono before? Yeah, because I didn't realize it, but the, the, the <laughs> jack I was using on the board here to, to right. feed our, our thing was, was a mono jack. port. So even though it was coming out in stereo from the... From my device, it was going into mono. It was going into mono, and so now we've got the. It sounds really nice. Yeah, field trivia. Okay, all right. What are we on? I don't know. You're on New Testament, maybe, or are we on? I think I finally got past letters, numbers, and sequences. So yeah, that I would think put me New Testament. That would put me on New Testament. All right. Well, let's try you on New Testament. Here we go. Okay. What. Does Hebrews 11 remind us that Enoch did not see? (laughs) Death. Yes, he did not see death. Yes. Death did not come for Enoch. I would get the Enoch New Testament question. Ah. Okay. <laughs> you would, because you love Enoch. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so are you on New Testament also? Uh, sure. We'll say okay. that. We'll pretend. Um, who said, and this is the King James. Bob's. Oh, go ahead. Who said, thou shall never wash my feet. <laughs> thou shalt never wash my feet. Oh, Sir Peter, unless I wash your feet and thy whole body, ye shall never... No, unless I wash thy feet, ye shall never be clean. And Peter replieth, Oh, then my whole body, O Lord. And thus they feasted on grapes and orangutans. Skip ahead, Brother Maynard. Skip ahead, Brother Maynard. Yes, uh, that was Peter. Okay, so now we're on... It's the race to the finish. It's the last question on the card. It's the final countdown. Okay, here we go. Supply the missing word in the following quotation. Oh, I hate these. Okay. For there is therefore now no blank to those who are in Christ Jesus. I believe it's cheese. It depends on the translation. I believe it'd be. That would be King James is going to say condemnation. Condemnation. Yes, that's right. However, I prefer... The Tyndale translation. <laughs> what is the Tyndale The Tyndale translation says damnation. Oh. There you go, Tyndale. You get, you get that. <laughs> well, these cards would say condemnation. So yes. Con- that's all condemnation. I've Condemnation. Yeah. All right. Bring it on. All right. Here you go. Which book contains the following line? Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. We're on words, by the way. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Genesis? You lose. I do lose. (laughs) What is that? Ecclesiastes. Oh, okay. Whatever. 12. That's what I was going to say is Ecclesiastes. Yes. And, uh, oh, Theonymous, we're getting some traffic. We are. And so uh, tomorrow is Thursday. Tomorrow, ex- Theo Thursday. Expect the Theo Thursday newsletter to go out. If you guys need to confess, you need to get prayers, you need to to pray for people, head on over to, to prayer. 
theonautspodcast.com. I need to make that easier. Yes. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to go into the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more or to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com. Subscribe to the newsletter there and stay up to date on all the latest from our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema and the soon-to-be worship show. Yes, I can't wait for that. There are several ways to contact and lead us. Feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Call us on our voicemail line. It's 972-885-7270. I'm caught up in the rapture of this music right now. It's amazing. This is beautiful. Okay, listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. Thank you for being here, Jeremiah. Hey, thank you, David. I'm going to go home and stare at the stars, but not at the sun, because then I would die. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. GCT Network. Yesterday, we said tomorrow. So just do it. You're not going to stop there.